uh, welcome to the Sparkle and Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Joy Foster. We've got a live audience tonight, which I'm really excited about. Uh, and we've got a real live uh, New York Times bestselling author from America on the call with us as well. That is such an honor and a privilege to also... Um, you know, get to know you. But the first time I met you, Jeff Walker, was through reading your book launch. And you have now created a revamped version with an, a, something like a hundred extra pages. So um, uh, tell us the story. It resonates with a lot of the women in our program um, because they know what it's like to have been in your shoes. So talk about your your Mr. Mom life. Okay. So yeah, I was, I've got lots of stories, but the yes, that one. So um, when I started out, I was a stay-at-home dad. Uh, the, this happened because I was in the corporate world and uh, I wasn't doing very well. I was a square peg in a round hole or vice versa, whichever. And I was uh, yeah, just struggling. And my wife was just getting out of school. She was just getting out of college. And um, she landed a job. We had a one-year-old son. And so I left my corporate career probably about a week or two before they were going to fire me, I think. And now, yeah, it just, it wasn't a good fit for me. So I was at home and this was in the nineties. So this was, uh, this just wasn't done back then. You know, people like men just didn't stay home with their kids. I think it happens a lot more often now, but it was very rare. And, uh, you know, we just didn't fit into society. People just didn't understand who we were, what was going on. So in any case, and this wasn't just, this wasn't because we were wealthy. This wasn't because I'd sold my startup for $30 million. It was just, um, we wanted one of us home with, with our son. And sooner, and not too much later, it was my son and daughter. So I was home with a couple of kids. And after about four or five years of that, we, we were getting to the point now with two kids where we were really struggling financially. Um, just what, like we were, there's food on the table, but it was, it was, there wasn't much margin if anything went wrong. And so I just wanted to try to make some money to help support the family. And at that point, my goal, my goal was $10,000 and it felt fairly desperate. If I could just make $10,000, then it would give us some margin of safety. If something were to go wrong, someone were to get sick, something go wrong, you know, with the house or or with a car. Um, so I didn't. I had no business experience. I had no marketing experience. I had no sales experience, but I had some knowledge about the stock market, and I I just from studying it on my own. I wasn't a stockbroker. I wasn't a registered investment advisor. I didn't have any credentials, any initials after my name, anything like that. But I just started publishing an email newsletter. And this is 1996, when not everyone had an email address. And, um, and it was a, a rather new, unusual thing to be publishing via email. But frankly, I did it to, to try to get, actually, my bigger plan was to go back to school to get a graduate degree and then go back to the corporate world, which just shows you how poor my thinking was at that time, because you know, I'd already not done well in the corporate world. And here I was trying to go to school for two more years, spend a lot of money on school, and then go back to corporate. And I don't know what I was thinking, but that was all I could think of then. So I started publishing this newsletter. It was very, very humble beginnings. I sent it out to everyone I knew who had an email address. Uh, that was 17 people. 
I also put my, e my second email address on the distribution list and I put my wife's email address just to have 19 emails because it felt, it just felt better to have 19 than 17. You know, I was just grasping at straws. And so that gradually grew through word of mouth. And eventually I put up a website. I couldn't afford a domain name. Back then domain names were $35 per year and you had to buy them. You had to buy a two-year minimum. So it was $70 for a domain name. And that was too much money for me to spend. So I put a, I got, but I got a free website, like with my internet provider. So my website was like me and my internet provider and then tilde Jay Walker. And I put up some charts about the stock market and it gradually more people started subscribing. All of that stuff was very, very difficult back then. Um, putting up a single web page was, it just took, would take me days to figure that out. But the newsletter started to grow through word of mouth. And eventually I had hundreds of people subscribing from me. And later that year, it was in December, I started thinking that maybe I could possibly sell something to these folks that were subscribed to me. But my big problem at that point was, A, I knew nothing about sales. I knew nothing about marketing. And I felt squeamish about it. I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable asking for money. I'd never sold something. I, no one had ever given me money for something that I created. Uh, and also it felt like they really, they, like they would write back to me. They felt like they loved me. You know, they were, you know, here I was a stay-at-home dad and, and I, just out in the middle of nowhere, just publishing, you know, from the, from the spare bedroom with the baby's changing table and all the baby's toys there. And, and it just felt like I had some validation that people were getting my free newsletter and I thought they might, they would hate me if I asked them for money. And so I, but on the other hand, we were desperate. And so I came up with this idea, which was to create a paid version of that same newsletter. I would keep on sending the free newsletter, but there's an upgraded paid version. And I thought before I ask them to, to, to join me on this paid newsletter, I'll just create a lot of value for them. So I'll give them a lot of extra amazing free stuff, even beyond the free newsletter value, value, value. And I thought if I, if I romanced them, if they just truly fell in love with me, then they would be okay with me asking for some money. And the crazy thing is it actually worked. So early, first week of January, I sent out an email, said, I've got this new version come out. It's going to be way better. And, and if you want to get it, then print out this, this email. And there's a form at the bottom of it, fill out that form and send me a check. And that was, I didn't, you know, online commerce, taking payments was, um, was like rocket science back then. And I, it was certainly beyond me. Plus, I didn't have any way to process. There was no PayPal. There was no Venmo. Uh, there was no Stripe. There was, there, was no, there was no social media. There was no Google. There was nothing. And um, the crazy thing is, is one, uh, we actually made sales of 1000 $650. And I was just like, oh my God, I can't, I can't believe someone is actually going to pay me for something that I created. And, and at that, about that same time, I had this thought and it was one of the most important thoughts I've ever had in my head. And it was, if I did this once, I can do it again and again and again. And I might even get better at it. And that's what happened. 
about four months later, I think it was in April, I did a launch and that one did $6,000. I built my list. I'd learned a few things. That one did almost four times better. It's like $6,000. That's was incredible. Then about three or four months later, I did one that did $8,000. And they kept on incrementally getting better. And then in um, 1998, uh, so this, the, this story is a crazy story. And it's, it might sound like it happened overnight, but it did. There was lots of hard work involved and it took place over time. But in 1998, I did the launch that brought my wife, Mary, home. Like it, I did $34,000 in a single week. That was more money than I'd ever made in my corporate career in an entire year. And so at that point, Mary and I started talking about her coming home, what it would take for her to come home. And in 1998, 1999, she did. Um, she came home to help me with the kids and help me with the business. And we haven't looked back since then. And in 2000, we bought a new home and we needed a down payment for that home of $70,000. So I came up with the idea for a new product and I, we launched that. It did over $100,000 in a week. And I just couldn't believe it. It was just, it was unbelievable. We moved out to our dream home out in the mountains. I live in Colorado, way out in the mountains. We're 300 miles from a large city. 300 miles from Denver. And, um, and then in, in around 2003, I went to a marketing conference. And at that marketing conference, I just thought everyone was doing these things I was doing. I, I was like in a bubble, completely in a bubble. And I went to this marketing conference and, and I realized that other people were not doing these launches. And by then, you know, we're starting to call these things launches. And, um, and so I shared it with a few people. I helped a few people. And a few of those people were prominent in the marketing, the online marketing world. And they, they're like, you really need to start teaching this. So in 2005, I came out with something with, a, with an online course. Actually, it wasn't an online course back then. It was a bunch of CDs and DVDs and books. Eventually became an online course. But I came out with this course. And um, that was in 2005. And since then, the numbers have just gotten bigger. And my, I've got students and clients all around the world, doing this in every language and every niche and every market that you can think of. And the, the, they've now done, my, my students have now done collectively among them, and I've got lots, tens and thousands of them, but they've collectively done over a billion dollars in sales, a billion with a B. Um, you know, like Joyce said, in 2014, I came out with the first edition of this book. It was a New York, number one New York Times bestseller. And, um, you know, I still work from, from home. Those little kids are now 29 and 32. Um, they both actually work with me in the business. Um, and it's just been, it's just been this crazy ride that I couldn't have ever imagined, but it literally started out with me sending an email of, uh, to 17 people. <laughs> it's just been one step after another from there. Well, and this is really an important part of what you talk about. I mean, I think one of the first things I ever heard you say was, uh, I think you had a sign behind you that had the letters ALB, is that about right? Always be list building or something like that. Oh, always right. list build. Or a ABL, <laughs> yeah. Always, ABL. Be, always, be, always be launching, always be building the list. Yeah, always be launching, always be building a list. And I think, um, you know, this emphasis on email, this is something we talk about at our superhero bootcamp on the very last day. 
I talk about mailing list magic. And one of the things you talk about in your book is the transformation of technology from the day that you started where there was no social media, there were no websites, there was no Stripe, you know, all this stuff that exists now to make our job much easier uh, as online course creators just did not exist uh, when you started. Um, and so what I find really interesting in that whole process, though, is the thing that hasn't changed is the, the, the need and the importance of the email list. And one of the things we teach at Tech Fixies is that the best way to meet people you've never met before is through social media. And then the next best thing you can do once you've met them is help them to come onto your mailing list so that you can create a relationship with them because they're less likely to see your stuff on social media uh, and they're more likely to see your stuff in email. But you need the combination of two because there's no way to get an email off someone in these days that you don't know unless you've got a connection with them somewhere. And social media is one of the best ways. Let's talk about how social media and list building uh, are critical to today's success for people who sell online. Yeah, well, first of all, the email list, um, you know, these days, and it's not just these days, it's been the last 10 years, people are like, well, email, that's, you know, that that's, that's so like 2005, you know, it's all about social now, you should be just, just, don't waste your time building an email list. Don't, you know, they're, they're, no one opens emails, especially younger demographics don't open emails. And I'll tell you that you will never, ever, ever, ever meet someone who has an email list that thinks that email is dead. <laughs> the only people that think that email is dead are the people that don't have an email list. Because they're, I've been through, I can't even begin to guess how many dozens of launches that I've done personally. And I've seen the inner workings of thousands of launches of my students. And when you have a, an engaged email list and you press that send button, it is just like, like this massive acceleration. Like, the, like I have a friend with one of those fancy Teslas, like the Model S and, and he's got the, the crazy fast one. And like when you, when he, he's like, okay, I'm going to show you how fast this car is. So we're at a standstill and he punches the gas pedal and it literally snaps your neck. It's not, was not pleasant in any way, but that's what it's like when you push the send button and you've got an engaged email list. It's just absolutely amazing. There's nothing like it. There is nothing like it. And so all the biggest, best launches are all driven by email. I see Karen says, I love the feeling of pressing the send button, <laughs> but it scares me. Trust me, Karen. I, you know, I, I still get scared every time. Like when I'm, when I'm in a launch, when that first, when, when it's time to hit the send button and it's time to open the cart, I still get butterflies even after all these years. But um, yeah, there's nothing like an email list. Now, that being said, social is, is an incredible way to, to build your list. And it's an incredible way right now. And, and this is the evolution I talk about in this, in a new edition of the book is that it's more about your entire, your, your entire audience and whether you reach them via social or via e email doesn't really matter. I'm still always going to default towards building that email list because, well, for a lot of reasons, one, it's just, it's more effective. It, it drives more clicks. It drives more sales. Two, you you control 
email. You, you control that list. You get someone subscribes to your list. You now have those email addresses and, he, and they're in your service provider. No one can take them from you, your email service provider. And if you want, you can download them and move to a different email service provider. Not true with any social media platform. You can get, they can change the rules. You can get shut down. They can go out of business. And I've seen this happen over throughout the years. I've seen people lose their social accounts. I've seen, so, I mean, what was there? There was a, that one that Google had, what was it called? Google plus or something like that. Yeah, yeah a, it was Google plus it's gone. <laughs> yeah. Google plus and Google was so about making that a big platform that they made everyone in the entire company of Google, their bonuses were dependent on Google plus succeeding. So a lot of creators went and put a lot of time into Google plus. Well, it's gone. It's gone. What was that one that had the like the six second videos? What was that one? That, um, Vine or does Vine, Vine, Vine. Yeah. You know, so a lot of people build up big followings on Vine. It's gone. Or a lot of people spent a lot of time building their Facebook page. And then like all of a sudden now your pages are they're they're not very there's not a lot of value in them because they don't you don't get any distribution. So I'm not saying you don't do social, but I'm saying you don't depend on social. You depend on social to help you build your email list. Statistically speaking, I mean, this is what we say with list building magic is the fact that the or mailing list magic is the fact that the a mailing list, a, a healthy mailing list will get an opening rate between 40 and 60 percent uh, and a click through rate of between eight and 10 percent. And anything above that is just amazing. But in social media terms, you would be very hard pressed to get social media um, reach and click through rates of that, even with an active audience. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I mean, it's still social's great for getting exposure. Social's great for so many things. Social's great for, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of publishing. That, that's the business I'm in. I think that's the business. If you're going to have an online business, you're in the publishing business. And there's just, Social makes it so easy to be a publisher. We, you know, any one of us can can be a publisher one minute from now, just by using your phone. And so that's a great place to find your audience. It's a great place to find your voice. To 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 really, you know, you know, look. I just got on here. I told you the story of um, being Mr. Mom. Just starting out. And maybe some of you found that compelling. Maybe you were, so you're like, whatever. But it was, you know, I, I rolled through it fairly, you know, in, in, a, in a fairly coherent ma manner. I think I did at least. But that's because I've done it a few times. I've told that story, you know, a few hundred times. You get better as you practice. And so, so social is an incredible place to find, to practice to find your voice, to learn what resonates with people and to refine that. You know, at the end of the day, there, you know, a lot of people, when they're thinking about an online business, they're like, there's so much competition. There are so many people out there teaching. There's so many out people out there selling. There's so much content, 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 content. You know, I, I'm never going to stand out. Well, the way you stand out is by having a voice that is distinguishable. And so, you know, I've always been in really crowded markets. 
you know, I started out in with a newsletter about the stock market. There's like a bazillion newsletters about the stock market. I mean, like literally, there, there are just so many. It's like one of the absolute most crowded popular markets. But I just stood out because, you know, I have a very, um, I don't know what, how, what, how to, how to care, characterize my voice, but it's, it's very approachable. It's not corporate. It's not stuffy. It's just me. And some people resonate with that. Some don't. Some run away from it. But it's okay if it's okay if 99.9% .9 of your target market runs away from you and your voice, because that 0.1% is enough to build a great business. And social is a way to is the place to find that voice. I totally agree with you. And I want to circle back to something you said because it's really, really important. You sort of said it like nonchalantly, but I think this is actually the key to your success. Um, and I think people who might have missed you saying it need to hear it again. Uh, we talk a lot at Techwitzies about brain priming and about finding evidence in your past that you've done something so that you uh, can prove to yourself that you can do something else. And you said um, that if I did this once, I could do it again and I might even get better at it. And, uh, you know, I have a mentor that says in every day, every day in every way I get better and better. And it's this way of, of really believing that if I keep doing this, I will get better at it. And if I just keep showing up, people will show up uh, too, you know, and I, I think a lot of us can relate a lot. We encourage a lot of the tech fixies to do live video and, you know, they can relate to doing a live video and having no eyeballs on the other end or one person that's your best friend or your mom or your neighbor or someone who's agreed to show up for you. But I think this um, element of finding your voice is so important. And I think, like you said, the more you talk about it, uh, tell your story, the more you also pick up on what resonates with people and you really figure out who you are and what you stand for and how you want to move forwards. And what I also think is very interesting about your story is you weren't in, you, you didn't do really well financially because you were selling marketing to people who wanted to know how to market. You were selling something totally different and you learned in that process how to market and you realized that not everybody knew how to market things and that's why you did this. One of the things I love about launch the book and then also um, the method is the simplicity of it. You are very, it is actually quite simple. It is, it is about connecting through email on a regular basis. It's about structuring a sequence of emails to someone who might be interested in working with you further and you providing value and making an offer. So how, um, how has that process uh, changed since you first sort of verbalized it and found the, the, the sequence of it? Yeah, that, great question. So, so much has changed. What, what's changed is the tools and some of the tactics. And what hasn't changed is the big picture strategies. The big picture strategy, it, it really comes down to, I do this thing we call the product launch formula. And, and frankly, I, I'm concerned that name is starting to sound a little anachronistic, like an anachronism, um, uh, just because it's beyond product. It's like, you know, online courses, membership sites, uh, coaching programs, masterminds, uh, whatever. But in any case, this, the strategy, the underlying strategy is built on stories, sequences, and triggers, mental triggers. 
Those, that's the three core. And those things haven't changed. But the tools, I mean, those first launches I did 100% email. I had no other, there was literally no other way to communicate with people back then. I didn't have their phones. I guess, uh, you know, I could have called them up if I had their phone numbers, but I didn't have their phone numbers. But it was just purely email, 100% via email. Then a few years later, blogs came along. I actually started this before blogs existed. Blogs came along. And now all of a sudden you could start to publish. It was much easier to publish a blog post. And so it was email and blog posts. And then a little bit later, audio came along, like online audio, where you could there'd be a little button you could push and listen on a, on a web page. That was actually a big thing for about 18 months. And then uh, like ugly screen capture video, like video like where you, you record your computer screen, you could upload that. And then not too much after that came, uh, you could do actual full motion video, like regular video. And then not too long after that, the tools came along to put together good looking full motion video. And then a few years later after that, uh, then we have live video like we're doing right now, a live broadcasts. And, you know, mixed in there, of course, was social um, all throughout there started coming on around that same time, maybe when the when when screen capture video started to come around and then you could reach people via social. So all of these and then, you know, I mean, these days, things like um, texting. I mean, you could you can now collect phone uh, mobile numbers and text people and messenger and. Um, you know, so all these tools are sort of became consumed at some point and brought into the fold and used um, to reach people. But at the end of the day, it's that those story sequences and triggers. Yeah, I think story sequences and triggers are really important. One of the things that I learned from you was the one of these um, triggers is scarcity. And I think a lot of times, you know, I, I don't know how well you know the UK audience. I know you have a lot of UK people, but in general, we tend to think uh, that it's, a, uh, and I'm, I'm American in the UK. So I, again, apologies to all of you who are British listening to this, and I'm going to now project my Americanness on you. But one of the things I found is that the UK audience is a more skeptical audience. They're a little bit more of a discerning audience. So when you say, you know, this has a value stack, or, you know, this has a value of 10,000 pounds, but I'm going to give it to you for a thousand, you know, it sort of can feel disingenuous. And, and I think that the um, understanding how the online sales pitch works. And I know you don't like the word pitch, but the online offer for your product. Um, yeah, Angela says, I hate hearing about the value stack. In fact, it's interesting because on, on all of our sales pages, apart from one or two, we don't even include a value stack because it's almost um, not something that the UK relates to very well or, or responds to very well. But what I will say is really interesting is scarcity uh, was a real thing that I was afraid to use in my marketing until I read your book and understanding that scarcity is actually helping someone to make a decision like this is going to go away. So you have to decide if you're going to join or you're not going to join. And if you're not going to join, that's okay, but that's your decision. But I'm taking this away regardless of what you decide, because I need to move forwards. That was a gift that you gave me that I was afraid to have. A lot of people think I'm going to leave the doors to my course open all the time. I'm going to leave the doors to my program open all the time. And they don't have this element of scarcity. So let's talk about some of those triggers and um, points and, and how we move from being cringy around them to actually 
seeing them as a gift and an aid for us and also our students and our potential buyers because you you do um, help people sell products not just online courses right yeah okay so well first of all value stack i'm not a huge fan of that either although the the irony is at some point we'll give people a, a page where you can go get the book and get a bunch of bonuses and i actually do have have a value listed there um, but in general, I, I'm not a fan of it because they're they're just generally made up numbers, um, and I'm not a fan of that. And uh, and and yeah, since the very beginning, you know, if you look at who is in my audience, uh, the UK is well, it's the US and Canada, and then the UK. So I've been selling to folks in the UK forever. Um, right from the very beginning. And they, yeah, they've done. I also have spoken in the UK, not a lot, but a few times. And I, and um, so I, I, I understand there, there, there is a bit of a, a little, little bit of a difference between like the typical Americans, Americanisms. But in any case, uh, Joy, you remember I said that first launch, $1,650, the second launch is over $6,000. The difference between those two was scarcity was I put a deadline on it. The first one, I didn't have a deadline. So I had a four times result. And part of that, you know, the list had grown some, but not that much. And, and, and in reality, um, in the way lists work is the first time you come out with an offer, there's always some pent up demand. So the first time you make an offer is always going to be in some ways, you, you just get the easy sales out of it right there. So here I, January one launch, April's the next launch, the easy sales were out of it, but I still forexed the results by adding in a deadline. And so scarcity is this idea of if there's less of something, we want it more. And it's it's the whole idea behind deadlines. Now, I don't know about you all, but I'm, I have a major procrastination streak and deadlines get me to move. They get me to act. And there could be all kinds of different deadlines. I'm going out to a a mastermind next week. And I just got the notice. I was like, you need to fill out this form and let me know you're coming today or else you're, you're uninvited. Well, guess what? I'm going to go fill it out today. Um, so what having scarcity in your offer gives you, it, it allows you to, to walk people up to the precipice of making a decision and say, now's the time where you need to make your decision. And frankly, either way, I'm not too attached to whether you buy or don't buy, but I'm attached to you being, making a decision. Because the only way you're going to move forward in your life is if you make a decision. And I, I was just going to say, I just, I love it when a very successful person says they have a major procrastination streak. I think it makes everyone feel better. Like there's hope for the rest of us. Um, <laughs> But I so appreciate that. And I so appreciate what you said. And in fact, I'm, I'm watching the comments on both Facebook and live here on Zoom. And uh, one of our listeners or watchers live on Facebook, Petrina, uh, she says, I have just had a light bulb moment listening to you about the scarcity element. And it was such a light bulb moment for me. Um, and people making a decision is so important. And one of the things you also talk a lot about, which um, I think I've learned so much from you, is this concept of transformation. Um, you know, and part of your structure and how you teach is you uh, you give 
you explain what the problem is, you explain what the solution is, but then you explain that, well, now we've got this solution, but that creates another problem. And so we go through this other problem and then we find another solution and then, oh, that creates another problem, which it does, you know, as we, as we discover things, as we move through things, we have a new problem. And uh, very often we don't know that we're gonna have a problem. So it's always great when someone points it out. And then you've got this other, the ability to say, well, I've, I've actually got a solution if you want the full solution and that's my program. And that's a lot of what this formula is that you talk about in the book. But transformation is really important to you. And you have, uh, I have seen you speak to people who've gone through your program and read your book um, and, the transformation that comes from the book alone is incredible. But then when you also meet people who've done other things with you, it's, it's, an, it's just unbelievable. I mean, everyone I know has been uh, taught by you in some manner or form from the book to the learning uh, online, et cetera. So why is transformation so important? And why is it important to get that across to your potential uh, clients, customers, buyers? Yeah, whatever you're selling, there, there's, there's an opportunity for some, there's an opportunity for someone to have a better life. You're either reducing pain or increasing pleasure. Everything we sell comes down to that. Some of, some of, some of us are selling both of those things. Many of us are selling both of those things, but you're, you're selling increased pleasure or decreased pain. Everything comes down to that, right? So what you're, what, what you're really selling isn't an online course or a membership site or a book or a coaching program, or a series of coaching calls, what you're really selling is the transformation that's going to happen in their lives. If you're teaching uh, people to meditate, to, to build a meditation practice, then what you're, 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 the transformation could be someone who's more centered, who's more calm, who treats people better, who has a better marriage, who has a better relationship with themselves, who's a better relationship with their kids, that is able to, 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 to deal with any adverse uh, things happening to them in a better way. If you're teaching, if you're gonna help someone quit smoking, you're allowing them to, to become healthier, to stop spending money on cigarettes, but also probably have a longer life to probably not have children that smoke and grandchildren that smoke that, that you could like, maybe you'll live to see your grandchildren, your great grandchildren. If you're teaching people to, to play golf, to, to hit the ball, the golf ball better. Now they become that person that can confidently walk out to that first tee. And with everyone watching them know that they can drive that ball down the fairway further than the rest of the people in their foursome. And that's what you have to speak to when you're selling because people don't want an online course. They don't want a membership site. They don't want a mastermind. They want what the results that's gonna give them, but ultimately they want that transformation in their life. So this formula that I teach, well, you, it's, it's basically you, you deliver like I talked about sequences, stories, and triggers. The sequences, there's a pre-launch sequence where you're just delivering enormous value before your products, where before you even offer your product for sale. And that pre-launch content, the content that you deliver, usually there's three pieces of content. That content, you're showing the opportunity, you're showing what that transformation will look like in their lives, and then you're trying to have them take ownership over that. 
ownership over that transformation. Have them realize that, yeah, that will work for me. Yeah, I can do that. Even though I've tried to lose weight a dozen times, I think I, I, I'm actually the person that can do it. Now that I can see this process, this, this time it's going to work. I am going to be that person that has the body, you know, that, that body that I want to have. I'm the person that's going to have that diet that I want, that, that's going to live the way I want. I mean, this is a very gentle sales process. I mean, it's very effective and it's not sort of like a namby-pamby, like you're just sit hoping, you know, like a wallflower that someone's going to come by. It's very active, but first you're really helping people. And Joy, you mentioned, you know, the problems, you know, you're, you're solving problems every step of the way. And because, you know, every, every solution has inherent in it, the seeds of the next problem, you know, what's the cause of problems is solutions. And so you're, def, you're, you're sort of thin slicing. Here's a problem. If you, uh, if you want to learn how to crochet, here's the problem, here's a solution. But you know what, after you get that solution, there's going to be another problem that you haven't even thought of yet. And then here's the solution to that one. And you know what, that, that solution's got a problem too. Let me tell you what it is. And here's how to solve it. And after you take people through typically three of those cycles, then you know what, the final solution is to go deeper with me and join my membership or join my online course or get or sign up for my coaching. Well, and I think that is such a great point to make because those many, many people who are listening to this podcast or who are watching it live or who are here with us in the Zoom room, they have gone through that process with Tech Pixies because that is the exact process we use. Uh, and the reason I started using it, I started out with webinars um, and I moved from webinars to this like you said, this soft sale system, because it's about providing value. It's about connection. It's about making sure that you're getting someone into a place where they feel like you have actually helped them before you're even saying to them, I would like you to, you know, invest in this product that I have to offer. And I, I love that process. And for the skeptical buyer, if you will, the more skeptical British buyer, uh, in my view, I've always felt like it really, really fits well with the audience. And, um, and that's why I've done it many, many, many times, you know, and one of the questions that said, what if you've already launched, do we pick up where we are and go through the process? And the answer is, Yes, because you are always launching. You will launch, you know, if you are in the online world, you're going to be launching over and over and over again. And it's a process that just gets refined and refined. But I'd love for you to answer that question as well. What if I've already launched? Do I just pick up where I am and go through the process? Yeah, I mean, if you've already launched and you, you have a business and you, and you like that business and you want to grow it, then absolutely perfect. This is perfect for you. What you'll do is you'll do a re you'll you'll relaunch. So you'll take whatever it is, and you'll create some new bundle, some new offer, add some bonuses to it, and 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 freshen it in some way, and then launch that. It's it's that simple. So I mean, typically what I do, I you know I have an online you know an online course. It used to be the CDs and DVDs. It's now an online course, and um and, and I typically will I'll run it like like a college class and we'll do it. Well, we, we used to, used to do it once a year. Now with COVID things are a little crazier. So we we've done it twice a year, the last two years since COVID, but you know, we open it up. It's open for about five or six days, the registration, just like college registration. Then we close it down and then we run the course and it'll have live elements and live teaching. 
And so, I mean, that that's one model that works really, really well. You don't have to, you could do it more often if you want, but yeah, absolutely. It's about creating a new offer. It's taking 80% of what you have and then creating some bonuses, changing the offer in some way, and then launching that. Well, it was really interesting because another one of the questions that came up, uh, which I think, you know, you mentioned, you went back to the fact that when you started your DVDs and CDs, which I just love because I so was the person that used to buy the CD and tape, even tape sets, you know, and you'd put the tape in in the car as you're driving along and listen to some kind of personal transformation that way. And and Joy, there's a reason you're you're where you are right now. It's because of that. Because I was buying tape decks and listening. Well, do you know what's so funny is one of the very first ones I bought was on how to give a speech because I was invited to to give a talk. Um, And it was the first program I bought that actually was a terrible program. I followed it to the T, gave a speech, and they said, we're never going to invite you back. So there are good ones and there are bad ones, but it's only through doing them that you find the good ones and the bad ones. Um, But one of the interesting things that someone said is, what are some of the biggest challenges that we may face in the coming two years uh, that we can start uh, thinking to remain agile and continue to experience connection and growth? And I think in light of that comment that you were on CDs and DVDs and now we're live on Zoom, I mean, you never could have predicted this in 1998 that we would be doing this the way that we're doing it. I mean, I'm in England, you're in Colorado. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen in two years. I've never, I've been in this business 25 years. I've never known what's going to happen in two years, ever. And, but what I know is that, is that building an engaged audience, pre- preferably on an, via, on an email list and going deeper on your mastery of, of, of talking to them, of helping them, of getting results for them, and, and, and going deeper on your mastery of, of your marketing, of being able to convey your, the value that you're going to deliver to them, well, we'll ne- you'll never go wrong. So that's all I've been doing. You know, I have a, a mantra I've got, we have in our community, Joy, you've heard this over and over, is baby steps. It's baby steps. You, you don't figure out the 10th step. You don't, you don't sit here all torn up because you don't know what the 10th step is going to be or the 100th step or the 1,000th step is going to be. You focus on what the next step is. Baby steps. I mean, I'm all about being strategic, but I don't know what's going to happen in two years. But I have a feeling that online business is going to be bigger than it's ever been. Online education is going to be bigger than it's ever been. Online courses and membership sites are going to be bigger than they've ever been. I could be wrong, but I have a feeling those will all be the case. Um, I, you know, there'll be a bazillion people coming into this market trying to sell stuff. Most of them will do a lousy job with their marketing, and or, or if they do a good job with their marketing, do 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 a lousy job with their delivery and their serving their people. So if you just keep on putting one foot in front of the other and focus on on serving your people and focus on great marketing. And, 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 you know, there was, enjoy, there's a question there. There was Jade put a comment here. It says, I can't help but feel that a lot of this marketing speak lacks integrity. And if I feel pressured, I will always say, no, I know when I want to buy something. And when I don't, I feel uncomfortable putting pressure on people to buy something because of time pressure. Um, you know, first of all, yeah, I do agree that a lot of marketing does lack integrity but that doesn't mean yours has to, it doesn't mean mine has to. Uh, if you just find, I mean, you're here, I assume because you're a client of Joy's, does her marketing lack integrity? Does her delivery 
lack integrity? I mean, so first of all, just resolve that you are going to have integrity with your marketing. And then, you know, this, you feel uncomfortable putting pressure on people to buy something because of time pressure. That's fine. If you want your business to be 25 to 50% as big as it, as it could be, because going back, you know, my results were four times between my first launch and my second launch. And I can see these sales. Like when we do a launch, it's really easy to track the sales by day and by hour. And half the sales, if I, if I have my cart open for five days, then half the sales come in the last 24 hours. If I didn't have that time pressure, then those half those sales wouldn't come in. Now, take it a step further. I know people that have bought in the last five minutes that had their life transformed that then bought from me in my last five minutes of my launch, that then have gone in deep into my world and created amazing things for themselves. And if I hadn't walked them up to that precipice and said, now is the time to make a decision, they never would have made the decision and they wouldn't have their lives changed. So, you know, the end of the, at the end of the day, this, is, this might not resonate with the, the UK market, what I'm about to say. This might be too American. And if so, I apologize. But when I started out, I was very uncomfortable with selling. I, I like I, I said earlier, I thought I, I thought they wouldn't love me. I thought my people would hate me. They, they loved me and they would hate me if I asked for the money. Then I thought it was just like I was, you know, it just felt wrong for some reason. But as my thinking has evolved over the last 25 years, and frankly, in the last 10 years, it hasn't been about money. When I started out, it was all about money. Now it's become, it's about, it's become about serving and helping because I've, I've done pretty well. I haven't grown my lifestyle. I'm in that same home I bought 20 years ago. You know, I drive a pickup truck. I don't have a huge lifestyle. And, you know, my students, like I said, they've done a billion dollars in launches. And when your students have done a billion dollars in launches, a lot of that value ends up flowing to you. Or not a lot, but a significant amount of money ends up flowing to you. I'm, I've done very well financially, let's put it that way, where I don't really have to do this for money anymore. I do it for impact. And what I've come to realize that it is my sacred duty. This is the part that might not be UK friendly. It's my sacred duty to, to, be, to, to make an effective argument for the sale. To, effective, to, to be effective in my marketing. And if you have something, some knowledge, some wisdom, some skill, some coaching that's going to sincerely help people, or if you've got a product that's gonna help them with their back pain or help them quit smoking or help them meet the love of their lives, if you can truly help people, then it's your sacred duty. In my opinion, again, my apologies if this is too American, I think it's your sacred duty to effectively market, to effectively put together the right messaging to convince people of the transformation that they're gonna have in their life if they choose to work with you. And if you're not putting a deadline on it, 
then half the people that would have bought from you are not going to buy from you. So it's your choice. I would just say, Jade, market with integrity. And then if you don't want to put a deadline on it, don't, but you're, you will lose half your people. I get it because I'm like you, Jeff, in the sense that I have seen, I have seen lives transformed. I mean, there's women in this room tonight. I could name them what has changed in their life and I could tell their story. And I know you tell so many amazing stories in your book. And that's one of the three things you talk about, you know, this, this concept of um, stories, sequences, sequences, stories, and triggers, but these stories are so powerful. And once you've met someone whose life has been positively transformed by the product or the course or the membership that you've created, and you see what their life is like now compared to what it was like before. I'm just thinking, I know Annie Soys is here, so I'm just going to point her out for a second. Once you see what's happened in their life, you, you do realize that if I don't keep do if I don't keep going forwards through all the hard, because a business is hard, right? There's a lot of things you got to learn how to do. You got to overcome. First of all, you have to overcome being visible. You've got to become visible. Then your fear of becoming visible has to be a lot less important than the change you want to make in the world. But once you start to make those change or help other people make the changes that they need to make in their life, and you start to see the impact of that, you think, if I didn't exist, if the product I created didn't exist, this person might not have had that opportunity. And it's not just about that person. It's about their children and their children's children, because what we know with transformation, which really many of the online courses, whether it's crochet or whether it's um, calligraphy or whether it's candied apples or whether it's, you know, a herb game, right? An herb game, as we would say in America, whatever it is, it makes someone's life better. And so if you can't see the ripple effect of that, then you're, you are missing the sacred duty point. And I, I totally get that. Um, there's a great question here. Uh, and I, I, we, I, we're running, I just want to be conscious of our time. I wanted to see if you had a few stories you wanted to share with us. But one of the questions that came up was, um, is the online course market peaked? Sometimes I think it's so saturated, it's harder to find a unique selling point to stand out. And I I have an opinion about that. I don't think it's anywhere near peaked, but what do you think, Jeff? No, it hasn't. I mean, people have been asking me this since 2005. Um, it, it, it hasn't. It hasn't begun to. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where people will buy from you because of their connection to you and your unique way of delivering. So you don't, you know, to do really well, you don't need a hundred thousand people buying from you or following you. You need a thousand or a hundred. So it, it is just nowhere. No, it's, it's I, my, so we asked about predictions earlier on two years from now, I'm thinking the market's going to be twice as big as, as it is now. Well, I think that's true. Eileen is watching from Facebook. So I'm just going to read her comment. She says, the reason I set up the menopause lounge whales is truly because I know I have a gift, knowledge and skills and transform ladies' lives. It is so powerful. And I do feel it's my duty to share this gift that I have. I love that. Um, there's uh, another question here, which is about when talking about building an email list, should we create a new email account in the name of the new business before starting to get emails for the list? I ask because I haven't settled on a company name yet, and I'm trying to decide what I need to do things in. Uh, I mean, I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned is, is just pick it, pick a horse and ride it, pick a name, run with it. You can always change it later. You can always change the business later. I mean, Jeff, you started in stock market uh, advice, and now you're teaching people how to sell anything online. Yeah, the time to start is now. The time to start is yesterday. Um, 
you know, I was saying it's not an original for me, but I heard it and it resonates like the best, if you want to have like a, a, a 50 foot oak tree in your front yard, the best time to plant your tree is 50 years ago. The absolute best time. The second best time is today. And it goes that way because, you know, it's unlikely your first business will be your last business. And it's just get started now. And with an email list, you don't even need a business name. You just, you don't even need a business. You can just start the list. Okay, a couple more rapid fire questions. Uh, another one was, what's the most effective social media post to get email addresses? Uh, well, I think the first of all, it, don't think in terms of one post. Think in terms of a presence and delivering value on a consistent basis. I mean, in any publishing, the only thing that works is consistency. And it doesn't have to be multiple times a day. It doesn't have to be every day, but it, it, it's consistency. It's like, so whatever platform you're on, whatever platform that fits for your market and that you like, whether it's TikTok or YouTube or Insta or Facebook or whatever, just be there delivering value consistently. And then at some point say, hey, I keep on getting so many questions about this. I put together a little report you can go, you can get it here and then give a link for them to go to. And when they get to that link, then they can give your their email address to get whatever that is, whether it's a report or a mini course or a video or whatever. And it will vary, 100% vary by market. Some markets are all about Pinterest. Some markets are all about YouTube. Some markets are all about Insta or TikTok. So it will completely vary, but it's not just, never ever in any of your marketing, think in terms of one. It's not one email. It's not one video. It's not one post. It's not one launch. It's, a, it, it, it's, it's baby steps. It's continuing to show up and deliver value. And then people will start to follow you. I love that. Okay. Uh, do you have time to tell us one or two of your favorite stories? Well, the, so the one that I, the one that I, I love right now, uh, and, and I just, I get so many stories uh, of, of my students, but the one that I'm loving right now is Anne LaFollette. And Joy, I don't know if you've if I love Anne. She's amazing. Anne, Anne was, uh, uh, is, she was in her late 50s, working in corporate America, had a very successful career in corporate America, worked for a very large company. And she was like in operations. So she had no marketing or sales experience, no tech experience, anything like that. And one day her boss was very senior level, calls her in and, you know, she had no idea. She thought she was going to have a regular meeting and, and, he, and she got laid off. They were downsizing her. And she went home and, you know, was just very upset. It was a, upset. I mean, she built this career for decades and just one day gone. And, um, and so this, when I tell this story, it sounds seamless, this transition, but there's plenty of pain involved. And, but her husband said, you know, you've got all those art supplies down the basement. You've always sort of, you know, dabbled around in art. Why don't you bring those up from the basement? And so she did. And she gradually learned to do something called surface pattern design. And so I didn't, when she first told me the story, I didn't know what surface pattern design was. So I went and Googled it and I still couldn't understand what it was. But basically it's this idea of, of taking doodles or drawings and bringing them into Adobe Illustrator and turn it into a repeating pattern that then you can license 
to companies that they might put it on handbags or 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 mouse pads or or disposable paper cups or whatever. This is actually a, a thing, a real thing out in the world. And so she learned how to do this. And at some point, she decided she thought she might be able to teach it online. Again, no marketing list, no, no list of any type, no product, no experience, no tech experience. Anne's now in her early 60s by this time. And so she started publishing. She started doing a, a, a Facebook, a live Facebook, a Facebook Live every week. And when she st started out, she had one person watching, her cousin. Her cousin was watching. This is like you were saying, Joy. Her cousin's watching it. And she was just practicing. Every week she would do this, you know, set a time. Every week she shows up and she talks about, she said she was just getting used, she was just talking to the green dot. In other words, you know, here's the green dot right, right there. You know, it, it was her webcam. So I'm talking to the green dot right now. So she was just practicing getting better to her cousin, Katie was watching. And so I think her name was Katie. And so eventually she started to get more confidence. So she spent $5 and she actually set a budget of $5 a day to send, to advertise and send people into her live broadcasts. Gradually built, slowly built up a following and in December of 2018, decided she would do a test launch. So she did a launch and that launch did $500 in sales. And hands like, that was enough to show me that I could deliver value, that people would pay me for this value that I created. So she had a few students, she worked with them, helped them, everything went great. So she, in 2019, she leaned into this and she did four launches. Again, just spending $5 a day on Facebook to drive people into her world, get them on her list, do a launch. Four launches in 2019 that did over $100,000 in sales between the four. And of course, the, the fourth was the biggest. You know, they gradually built up. In 2020, she went deeper and she did four more launches. And those launches, and this was, this was helped by COVID, frankly. She's teaching something that was perfect for people at home in COVID. But in 2020, she again did four launches had I now kept on spending and, and upped her budget, was now spending more on Facebook to drive people in. But she did $400,000 in 2020. And she started from scratch with surface pattern design, no list, no product, no marketing experience, and just baby steps, one foot in front of the other. So, um, you know, and the amazing thing is, is, is Anne had actually, there's some, an, another person that teaches in that same market, surface pattern design. So this goes back to that question of too many online courses. Um, so she learned from someone else who had an online course, who was actually another one of my students who had a much bigger business, but that person was, she was just, um, 35 years old, you know, amazing, beautiful young woman. And, um, and, and and Anne had learned from her, and then she was doing very much the same kind of thing, but they very happily coexist. In fact, they promote each other because some people want to learn from Anne, who looks like your grandmother. She's 62 years old. She's just very sweet, very kind, very loving with her people. 
And some people want to learn from the 35-year-old because they, even though they're teaching similar material, they have a different style and they speak in a different style and they attract different audiences and different people. So they not only coexist, but they actually will promote for each other as affiliates because there is room for more than one person. So anyways, one in a few different directions, but Anne LaFollette, $400,000 in her second full year teaching surface pattern design, starting from absolute scratch as a 60 something uh, young woman. Well, and I do know her and I've um, been in, in various launches with her and just have seen her integrity and she, you know, she shows up. And this just goes back to, you know, you show up when one person shows up, you show up when a hundred people show up, you just show up and you do the best that you can um, to provide the best service for the people around you. And I do love her story. I think one of my other favorite stories is the guy who did the herb boxes. Uh, we say herb over here in the UK instead of herb as we all say in America, but I do love that story as well. Um, do, you want, do you have time to share that or do you have to go? Well, John, yeah. Um, uh, so John, he actually, he, he initially had a board game to that is a children's board game to teach them about uh, edible and medicinal plants and herbs or, or herbs, I guess. Um, and yeah, it, it, he's built that up, you know, it's a million dollar business now. Um, and it's a, it's a lengthy story, but like when he first tried to launch this board game, he had 12, he had a small newsletter list. He had 12 people buy it from, from his list. But he had a thousand and, boxes to sell. I think that's my yeah, favorite part of the story. Yeah, because like when you make a board game, you gotta you, you, you don't make them by hand one by one. You know, you make a prototype and then you, you have a whole bunch made from China and they ship them from China and you got all these huge pallets of board games. And and you spent and yet, you know, it was a minimum order. So he spent about 20, I think it was twenty thousand dollars on 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 those board games and um 12 sales the first time around doing it on his own, just saying, hey, we're gonna have a launch party and these things are available. So then he got product launch formula. And this, this is long ago. This is back when he got the physical discs and CDs and DVDs. And I think it was 670 he sold to the exact same list, exact same list as that where he, where he initially sold 12, but he followed the formula. Yeah, and you know, then he went on to create a membership site, online courses. He's got now one of the, the biggest uh, online presences in, in, uh, on, in, in uh, online herbal education. That's um, so yeah. And then I saw, you know, so that's a product-based one. It was initially product-based. I saw Morin ask about product-based, super competitive, but this still works. Um, you know, Amy, Amy Small sells yarn. She does these launches, her last couple launches, selling yarn and it's not, it's nice yarn. It's, it's custom yarn. I don't know. I'm, I don't knit. I don't crochet. My daughter does. I don't, but I don't know too much about yarn, but I do know that people that knit and crochet really love yarn and there's all, all kinds of yarn. And Amy's yarn is extremely special, custom hundred percent. Yeah. Her launches, she typically, you know, what does yarn go for? Well, I don't know. How's yarn sold? Well, it's sold in stores a lot. I guess it's sold online. I don't know too much about yarn. I know a lot of you do. I, my apologies, I'm butchering this. But her launches, where she's selling yarn, the last two launches, she sold $100,000 in the first hour of her yarn. 
So, you know, there's a question of product based. It's super competitive. Brands jump on the latest trend. So, yeah, well, I'll tell you what, yarn is super competitive. It's incredibly competitive. And she used to sell her yarn to stores. And then her stores, the stores would sell it to her end customers. She had no contact with her end customers. Now she has, she knows her end customers and they're wildly passionate about working with her. And you know what? Her lot, her, what is her work about? Her work is about transformation. Because those of you who know, those of you who knit or crochet, you know that creating a, a, an elaborate piece, a sweater, is, is not an easy thing. Yeah. And the sense of empowerment and accomplishment that can come from creating a really difficult piece is extraordinary. So she, so selling yarn, is that about transformation? Absolutely. Is it competitive? Absolutely. Is she doing hundred thousand dollars in an hour? Absolutely. So, yeah. I think it's also important. Someone asked the question, like, does this come off just the book alone? There are people who have been very successful off the book alone. No doubt about it. Um, One of the reviews that Jeff has is from a woman who's created a very, very, very successful business off the book alone. Um, many of us, like myself, and as, as some of the other people he mentioned, have also done uh, his course, Product Launch Formula. We've also done additional training with him. But the, the crux of what he does is in the book. And that was the shocker to me. You know, when I read through the book and then I bought the course, how much is in the book that's in the course? It is so powerful. And, and I, did, um, I did a very similar uh, thing after we had never um, had more than uh, I think all the launches I was doing were around uh, 6,000, 7,000 pounds. And then I read the book, I applied the book. And on the very next launch where I used the formula that was in the book, I didn't have anything else from Jeff. Um, I did a 20,000 pound launch. So that was really interesting um, because it was just following the book. But really a huge part of this is having a million list um, and building up that million list, which is why we talk about the importance of that. Now, I, I have gone over time with Jeff, so I want to respect his time. I do apologize for that, Jeff. Um, but I really am so glad you could share those stories with us. And, um, and you've been able to answer so many questions. Um, now, let's just make sure people know where to find the book and all of the bonuses that go along with the book. You, you, so you can find the book pretty much anywhere books are sold, um, certainly at Amazon. If you go to my site at thelaunchbook.com, then you'll get some extra bonuses. And so basically, if you go there, you, it'll send you wherever you want to buy your book. And then when you come back and put in your receipt, then you'll get the bonuses. And, um, and I do, there is a little bit of a bonus stack there. I think we put a $348 value on it, which I, I personally think way understates what those, value, what those bonuses are. But you can go to thelaunchbook.com and read all about the bonuses. There's also a whole, whole bunch of extra bonuses and online material available when you get the book. So within the book, almost every chapter has got links to additional resources or case studies. Um, and, and, you know, frankly, I'm going to do my best to pull you into my world to eventually sell you something beyond the book because I follow my own principles. I, I, I eat my own cooking. Um, and But yeah, the launchbook.com, best place to get it. Okay, and everyone's asking about, I bought the book where, so Amazon, if you go into Amazon, you look up your order and it'll give you an order number. That's what you put in. And yes, you can buy from the UK. Um, Guys, 
we have given this book, you know, that we have a lot of students who go through our free training and it's now our um, boot camp, which is a low cost um, boot camp, 37 pounds. We give, I mean, Jeff, I had to stop giving it because it went out of print. I'm so glad you have a new one, but I've probably given about a hundred of these away um, just to students where I felt that it was a good fit. This is an amazing fit for Tech Pixies um, in so many ways. Uh, and not just because I've used it and seen results from it, but because um, the methods taught in here are really, they are the first methods that were out there and he's refined the process over the years. And they're, it's like a fine wine. It just gets better, better and better with time. Actually, August 30th will be the 25th year, 25 years since that first newsletter went out. And it's just been an absolute ludicrous, crazy journey um, that I never could have imagined the, to think that I'd be on video, that I'd be doing broadcasts, that I would have helped millions of people, help millions of other people that uh, it's just, it's, it's, you know, no one would have bet on me back then when I was a stay at home dad, no one would have looked at him and said, yeah, he's the one that's going to, that's going to break through. I love that. And, and I just did it one step at a time. And I think sometimes I think that's my job more than anything is just to show people it can be done. That if you have something in your heart, if you have something in your brain to share with people, to help other people, this is absolutely doable. I'm not saying you're going to have a million dollar business or do million dollar launch or million pound launches. But if you keep putting one foot in front of the other, everything, you can figure it all out and you can do it. You can absolutely do it. We've never lived in a time of greater opportunity than we have now. And this, this, this digital world, this digital training and teaching and courses is just, in my opinion, just going to grow from here. And there's people out there that need your wisdom, your knowledge, your experience, your coaching. And um, I just got here by simply putting one foot in front of the other. And, you know, yeah, I got plenty of help along the way. I've had some amazing teachers and, and mentors, but it's just one foot in front of the other taking baby steps. You can do this. I love that. Journey of a thousand steps starts with one. All right, Jeff, thank you so thank much. Thank you. Yep. Bye-bye.